I'm just going to tell you that I could not be more pleased. I am 100% confident that this is the right person to lead Husker Athletics moving forward. And it's my pleasure to introduce to you Trev Alberts. Welcome to Unlimited Sports Daily. I'm your host, Peyton Thomas. On the morning of July 14th of this year, Nebraska announced that former All-American linebacker Trev Alberts would act as the new athletic director for the university. Tony Boone joins me today to share what Husker fans need to know about Trev Alberts and why their preconceptions may just be all a misunderstanding. Tony Boone, former writer for the Omaha World Herald, other newspapers around Nebraska as well. I know you had a short stint with the Omaha Storm Chasers. So welcome to the show. Welcome to Unlimited Sports Daily. Thanks, Peyton. Uh, good to be on with you and uh, nice to be talking a little bit about Trev. Yeah, absolutely. So like you mentioned, having you on today to talk about Trev Alberts, the new athletic director for Nebraska. And before we get into the background of Trev Alberts, I want you to give me kind of the, the gut reaction you had on that morning when Trev Alberts was hired as the new athletic director, what was that initial reaction for you? Well, I wasn't surprised at all because I kind of thought that that would be an eventual landing spot for Trev. It was more a matter of when uh, than if, Um, you know, obviously uh, he was outstanding at UNO, um, you know, the transformation of the campus and uh, the university and the athletic department here in Omaha you know, has been great under Trev's leadership. And, you know, I always thought that at some point Nebraska would come calling. It was just a matter of when. And, you know, Trev's name got brought up um, the last time uh, Nebraska's athletic, uh, the athletic director position was open uh, when Bill Moose came to Nebraska. And um, I don't think that was probably the time. And, you know, although Trev um, did get some interest at that point, you know, he felt like there was still a lot to do at UNO at that point. And, uh, you know, maybe didn't think that was the direction that, you know, he needed to go or maybe Nebraska was going to go at that point. And, and so he kind of backed out of that. And everyone at UNO at that point was you know extremely happy that he was staying because, you know, so many uh, moves had been made uh, during his tenure. And there still seemed like there was a bunch to do. Uh, this is a little bit different. Uh, UNO is a little farther along in its process. I'm sure Trev probably feels good about you know, what he's leaving behind. And at the same time, Nebraska's in a different situation right now too. And uh, I think that the time was right. And uh, just get, to get back to your initial question, um, as I told uh, someone here in Omaha, uh, I would be a bigger Nebraska fan today than I was yesterday, just knowing that Trev Alberts was going to be leading that department, uh, you know, going forward. Because that's how much I believe in Trev and his leadership and, and how good it could be for Nebraska. We're going to get to that University of Nebraska Omaha period in Trev Alberts' mm-hmm. life, but there's a lot of context to this story, especially when you talk about the University of Nebraska Lincoln before that, because you are also a University of Nebraska Lincoln graduate, and you graduated in 1994, that's right? Yes, yes. Okay. So Trev would have been a year ahead of me in Nebraska. Yeah, and he played football. You were in school at the same time as him. Like you said, who was Trev Alberts, the college football player? Well, Trev Alberts, the college football player, was everything he'd want uh, in an All-American. Uh, 
Um, not only with the way he handled himself on the field, but the way he handled himself off the field. Like you knew that this guy was something special. And, uh, you know, Nebraska at that time was pre-national championship run. Uh, the buildup was kind of there and it all kind of like came together during Trev's final season uh, when Nebraska went undefeated, uh, went into, you know, the bowl game, uh, which ended up being the national championship game as a heavy underdog to Florida State and Trev playing with one wing because he had his arm basically in a cast and, and was immovable, had one of the best games that you've ever seen an All-American have in, in a big situation uh, in that game. I think he sacked Charlie Ward, who was the Heisman Trophy winner three times and gave Nebraska a shot to win that game. Uh, you know, they lost it 18 to 16, but it was really that game that set up the run uh, that came right after it. You know, the year after Trev graduated, Nebraska wins back-to-back national championships. I mean, that's when that run starts. You know, I, I don't know if Nebraska gets there if it wasn't for Trev and the guys around him because it, it was that group that really set the tone, and Trev was like the vocal leader of that group. Um, and not only was he the vocal leader, he was the inspirational leader because everyone saw what Trev put into practice and to games, you know, every day and every week. And, you know, that was kind of the building block for what Nebraska was going to become during the dynasty of the 1990s. So, you know, I don't know that that happens without a guy like Trev Alberts. He then gets selected into the NFL draft, and it goes a little bit differently. Indianapolis, and Indianapolis has selected uh, Trev Alberts, linebacker from Nebraska. Wow. That's something. Now, all of that work in college led him to be selected fifth overall by the, uh, I guess it was the Indianapolis Colts at the time, and clearly you're a pretty touted prospect if you're going that high. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think the thing with Trev was going to be um, the injury situation because, you know, first he was coming off a, a major injury going into his pro career and, and injuries did kind of plague him from that point going forward as well. Um, I, I think that just the way the NFL was at the time, there was always going to be a question of how Trev was going to translate. Um, and I just honestly think in, in his case, we never really got to see what kind of pro player Trev could be. Uh, because the injury situation just ended up kind of taking over uh, his career. And, you know, um, he, he really didn't stick around in the league that long because he felt it was just better to, to move on. You know, we are probably not at the place that we're at right now if Trev Alberts has a longer NFL career. And you say we, you're talking about the University of Nebraska-Lincoln right. as a whole. Maybe wouldn't have had him if you're talking about butterfly effect, a different timeline. Yeah. If this guy doesn't have three injury-riddled seasons in the NFL, retires in 1997, I mean, if this is a 12-year veteran pro career, absolutely, it would have changed the trajectory, and he wouldn't have had all that experience that quickly at the University of Nebraska-Omaha. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that came into play, and I, I liked your use of butterfly effect there because that's exactly the point. If anything along the way goes differently, then, you know, Trev's not at Nebraska right now. Like you mentioned, he goes into athletic administration a few years after his retirement from the league in 97. There was an interesting little era in there, and I, I kind of want to call it the talking head era because I think that was <laughs> sort of the goal. It was his first step outside of football, and giving all of these opinions as sort of a talking head changed the way that he actually approached and solved issues at UNO. I think there was a little bit of that fear factor for a lot of people who are going to step into that athletic director position that Albert's never really seemed to have. 
Yeah, no, I don't think there was any fear. I, I will say this, that uh, I don't really look back on that being an instrumental part. I mean, I'm sure it has something to do with it, making Trev who he is today. Um, but I always felt like he was kind of a fish out of water, you know, being the opinion guy, because I don't, and not that Trev doesn't have opinions. Of course he does. We all do. Um, but I never felt like that role was the role that he would have been best in. He would have been a, a better color commentator, I believe, uh, looking back on that situation. Um, but I, what I do think is, is it, it gave him the ability to use a gift that he has, which is speaking to the masses. Because think about what Nebraskans and our alumni all across the country represent. They're tough, right? They're really hardworking people. They do the right things all the time. They do it the right way. They don't ever make excuses. Rarely do you hear Nebraskans make excuses. And most importantly, they never, ever, ever quit. And if you've ever been around when Trev has something to say, um, you'll, you'll understand what I'm talking about because he's one of those guys that just grabs your attention and you feel like, you know, oh, Trev's saying something. It, it must be important. Uh, you know, I better listen in. He accepts a job to become the athletic director of the University of Nebraska Omaha. His first step toes dipped into the water as an academic administrator. And let's start with the good, because there was tons of it. I mean, he opened Baxter Arena. There were huge strides in hockey, soccer, volleyball across the campus. And those were all recepted and looked back on as unanimous goods that would not have been possible without him at the helm. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I think that, you know, um, as much as the goods are easy to see, um, the early part is going to be remembered for what people are going to say, the bads. And I don't want to get ahead of you in the conversation here, but uh, just kind of going chronologically, you know, first, uh, you know, John Christensen is the chancellor at UNO takes the, the chance at that time by bringing Trev in. And at that point, uh, UNO athletics, you know, wasn't in a good situation. Um, you know, it, they had gone through a bunch of administrators. Um, their finances were a mess by all accounts. And, uh, you know, you're bringing in a guy who doesn't have any uh, kind of experience in that. But but John and Trev meshed early and they, they kind of, you know, formed a plan of what UNO needed to be. And uh, when they decided, you know, late, a, a little over a decade ago, that UNO's future was not going to be in its Division Two past, but its Division One future, uh, then that really was the step forward. Um, but to your point, uh, you know, fr from the time UNO officially became a member at the Division One level, you could already see the difference. I mean, that first year um, I was covering UNO athletics when they became, you know, eligible for postseason play, and suddenly, like, it's a realistic thing to talk about. You know, the Mavericks being in an NCAA basketball tournament, an NCAA baseball tournament. Hockey was already at the Division One level, but you could see that that program was also, you know, kind of feeding off the momentum of the athletic department as a whole. And, uh, you know, the next thing you know, UNO hockey is in the frozen four. Um, you know, we, we are just now starting to scratch the surface of what I think uh, the University of Nebraska Omaha athletics is going to be at the division one level. And uh, I 100% uh, am on board with the belief that UNO athletics, if it doesn't go to division one, you know, ends up, you know, dying. Uh, here in Omaha because it just couldn't survive a division two with the way things were going. 
Tonight, we have live team coverage from all sides. Good evening. I'm Rob McCartney. I'm Melissa Fryan for Brandy Peterson. The University of Nebraska Omaha plans to join the Summit League in Division One. Problem is, there is no football or wrestling in that league. So, why the move? Athletic Director Trev Albert says it comes down to money. We'd love to be able to fund all of our sports the same. We simply can't, not in 2011. So, we have a $9.5 million spend. We allocate those to the programs that we think we can drive some revenue in. Uh, long term, build those so that we can continue offering all of the sports as participation opportunities. Uh, if anything, uh, what John and Trev did by moving UNO to, to Division One, it gave its athletic department a, a fighting chance to live on. And uh, with everything that uh, has happened on campus, you can see that the you know the, the better days for Maverick Athletics you know are still in the future. Tony, we've been treading above water, talking about all that good, and I know you alluded to it. It's time to finally stop beating around the bush because below the surface, there are some of those more controversial decisions. Now, to put a pause on our history lesson, Nebraska wrestling had a fantastic 2021 season, the program stronger than it's ever been before, and right after the hire of Trev Alberts to UNL, there was this massive firestorm across Nebraska's wrestling Twitterverse, if you will, What's the backstory there? Because I remember waking up on that morning and seeing that firestorm, and I just didn't know the context at the time. UNO needed to decide uh, where it was going to be as a Division I university. And basically what needed to happen is you needed to be invited into a conference. You know, I, I think UNO was the last one, if I remember right, they were the last one that um, had to have that invite in order to make that move. So they were going into the Summit League. They knew this as they were making the move going forward. And uh, in order to be eligible for championships in any conference, you have to have uh, your athletic department matching what sports that conference has. So UNO needed to get to a point where it had X number of sports, and, and I forget what the actual number was at the time, uh, competing for the conference championship in order to be eligible for postseason play at the Division One level. So they were going to need to add something, and that something ended up becoming men's soccer, which has become – uh, you know, a, a, a successful story of its own. Um, first under Jay Mims getting, you know, to the first uh, uh, NCAA tournament by any of UNO's non-hockey programs. And, uh, you know, then last year uh, under Bob Warming, they ended up winning uh, a game in the postseason uh, in the NCAA tournament for the first time. So I think we're going to look back on that as the time that UNO added men's soccer instead of the time that UNO subtracted those other sports. Um, the big hit w was to the football program because that involves so many people and so many things uh at, at the time that you're like wow you and always had a football program forever and here's you know trev alberts the new athletic director who is a football player and has a football past you know being the face of, of the group that's that's eliminating this the uh, the uh, wrestling team though was the one that grabbed the headlines because of how it went down in the timing of the situation we need help on it we need help a rally asking for support after the team's third straight national championship. Head coach Mike Denny had to tell his team hours after the win. That was a tough assignment. He's coached the team to six national team titles in the last eight years. And Saturday night, after 32 years with UNO, he got the news by phone. You had a pretty good idea what they're thinking, yeah? <laughs> right? It's a pretty good indication of, of uh, how valued you are. <laughs>
uh, the, the thing that, that grabbed everyone's attention at the time was the fact that, that the news of UNO moving to Division One was coming out. And uh, that was about to become public, you know, not on UNO's timetable, but more on a media timetable um, at the same time that UNO was wrestling for the national championship. Um, and I believe it was out in Kearney. And uh, so the, the story is that UNO's uh, dropping of wrestling is about to become public right as the team wins a national championship. And basically just to make sure that the news went to coach Denny from Trev himself, he had to make a call not long after they won the championship to let him know. So therefore he didn't, and you mentioned Twitter, basically find out on Twitter or some other way that his program was being eliminated. So um, the people always look at that as like that, that Trev and or UNO, you know, bungled the handling of that situation when really it was just a matter of timing. It's, you know, do you want to hear it from us or do you want to hear from somebody else? And like I said, at some point, UNO is going to really break through. And uh, I, I think there's a chance there that, you know, pe- there's going to be people to look back on that and say, wow, that was a no brainer. I can't believe that they, you know, were willing to make that move when they did. I, I think, I, I think looking back on it, it's going to be a positive thing instead of a negative thing. Although, you know, here we are, you know, over a decade later, and there are people that are still hurt by those decisions. Looking at UNO specifically through that lens now, what kind of hole is left with Albert's departure? I I think it's a big one uh, because if nothing else, he has been the core or the nucleus of what's happened there. Now, do I think that they're going to absolutely fail without him? No, I don't. But um, that's because, you know, Trev has left it in a good place and there's a plan going forward. You know, Trev has, they've had a vision all along um, of what they wanted things to look like. You mentioned uh, Baxter Arena a little bit earlier. That was a big one. They had to get hockey on campus into its own arena and therefore, you know, men's basketball and women's basketball and volleyball also had a chance because now that they had, you know, a, a place of their own that that's of Division One caliber, you know, to, to play in for their home games. They weren't playing at Sap Fieldhouse anymore where, where, you know, they played their Division Two games. So that was the first step. And the next step, of course, was, you know, getting softball and baseball on campus. Trev's goal all along was let's get all of our student athletes on campus. Uh, because he hated the fact that everyone was was playing around town. And, and actually, that was part of, like, you know, UNO's uh, identity problem that they have. And I think we should get into that at some point point two, just the identity of UNO um, athletics uh, in general uh, under Trev. Um, um, it's just amazing to me um, as a guy who grew up in the area and knew what UNO used to look like to look at what UNO looks like now and think about what it could be going forward just because of the moves that were made over the last 10 years under Trev. You ignited my curiosity when you said there's a perception problem with UNO sports. I want you to expand on that. What is that problem and is there a clear solution? Yeah, well, I don't think the problem is now. I think the problem was before, and uh, that comes directly out of a conversation that Trev had uh, with me about a first story that we did um, about the transformation of the athletic department. Trev is telling a story um, um, about when he first arrived on campus, and he noticed right away that the logo across the hall in women's basketball wasn't the same as the men's basketball basketball and baseball was doing its own thing and the way he uh kind of shared it was that you know we had a bunch of little mini athletic departments that were each individual sport kind of running themselves underneath the same 
overhead, but like one didn't have anything to do with the other or whatever. And there was no real team concept outside of your own team. And so he felt, you know, had an identity issue. And he said, other people don't know who we are because we don't know who we are. And it was through that prism that the idea of basically changing what was the third color of the school's you know, color scheme at the time, you know, UNO is dominantly red and white with some black mixed in and going to black and everybody using the same logo uh, throughout the athletic department. Um, and, and Trev said he wanted to go, I, I believe they went with the firm in Texas, if I remember right, because he didn't want anybody that had any kind of bouts uh, uh, of preconceived notion of what UNO athletics was. So he took it completely to someone who wouldn't know and said, you know, how, how do we do this to, to bring us all together? Um, and it was through that that not only did UNO uh, have the current logo that the university uses with the red and black U and N interlocking into the O, which is now, you know, basically iconic around town. When you see that, you know that you're talking about, you know, UNO and, and in the athletic sense, you know, you're talking about, you know, Maverick Athletics. Um, they also upgraded their Maverick logo and uh, maybe most importantly um, with regards to how the nation perceives UNO. Trev made a conscious decision that like, you know, we can be UNO in Omaha or, or in Nebraska, that's fine, but nobody knows what UNO is outside of that. And so they decided to brand themselves as Omaha. Uh, he said that when uh, UNO goes and plays basketball at Michigan state and you see Michigan UNO along the ticker, everybody's, you know, saying, you know, what the heck is UNO? Uh, especially when the university of new Orleans has been division one for a long time. If anything, you're going to be confused with another school with the, you know, the same uh, letters instead of like that. He's like, but when you see Michigan state is playing Omaha in basketball, then you know exactly who you're talking about. Is it fair to say that Trev Alberts during his tenure ushered in the era of Omaha? Yes, I, I believe so. We arrive at the moment a few weeks ago, the morning of the press conference where you have Ted Carter, you have Ronnie Green introducing Trev Alberts as the new athletic director. And there were a lot of claims made, a lot of statements, but immediately all of the speculation, well not all, but most of the speculation fell onto the Nebraska football program. We had talked about his deep roots as a player in the Nebraska football program. We talked about what he did with the football program at the University of Nebraska Omaha in his previous position. It's where the athletic department at the university makes the vast majority of their money is through football. And in the press conference, Nebraska essentially renewed their vows to the Big Ten. They restated that they were committed to that conference. And other than that, we haven't heard anything super concrete about what's going on in Trev Alberts' head about the future of the football program, which leads me to ask the question of Scott Frost and his job security. I mean, he knows the football program well. He's been a part of it. Is the seat warmer for Scott Frost now that Trev Alberts is running the show? Does that change? I don't know that it changes any, but um, because I think Scott's coaching timetable would have been it, whether Bill Moose was still here or whether someone other than Trev, you know, was his successor. Um, you know, do I think he it's he's in a worse position because Trev's there? No, absolutely not, because Trev wants Nebraska football to succeed. Well, I mean, certainly we, we haven't achieved at the level that, that we all hope to attain, right? But I believe strongly in Scott Frost's leadership and the coaches that we have in the staff. 
I, I am really looking forward to diving in with Scott. The first thing I got to do, and not just Scott, you know, Will and Fred and uh, Amy and every one of our coaches. That's why I talked about earning trust. Listen, you got to earn the trust and you got to dive in. I want to be helpful. I want to be helpful. I will never call a play. I don't tell coaches who to recruit. Uh, but I think bigger picture, some of the culture things, I think I can be helpful. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited uh, about the future of Husker football and the rest of our sports, Sam. Uh, he was very good during his time um, at UNO about not talking publicly about Nebraska football, although he cared. Um, and, and there were times, um, you know, it, I wouldn't say it was a ton of times, but, you know, Trev knows that he and I are the same age, that we're both University of Nebraska graduates, and we both care about how Nebraska does. So there, there are times that, you know, I'd see Trev on a Monday or a Tuesday following a Saturday game, or he'd ask me what I thought of the game, or he'd give me, you know, his opinion on something that went well or didn't well, or like, hey, that was better, or hey, you know, I, I don't know what's going on there. So like, there, there was never a question for me that, that even though Trev was here, that he cared, um, because he does. And so he will 100% be invested in Nebraska being successful at football and everything for that matter, but, but football in general, his tie to that program hasn't gone, uh, just because he's been gone. He just hasn't spoken publicly about it. Um, as far as coaching goes, uh, Trev has always been one of those, at least during his time at UNO that assessed, um, where every program was each individual sport kind of at the end of each season, he wasn't one that was going to ever jump and, and make a decision in the middle of a season about something or anything like that. He was going to give everyone, he feel, he, I would think he really believes that everyone is in the position that they are for a reason and he will give them every opportunity to succeed. Um, but before he would ever like pull the plug on something. So if there was any thought that Trev was going to come in with a preconceived, you know, idea that, you know, Hey, no matter how this goes for, for frost, that I'm going to pull the plug on it. Or if this season doesn't drastically improve that he's going to, to move on. I don't think that's the case at all. I think Trev will be 100% behind Scott. And I think that he'll uh, give him every opportunity there to succeed. And if the time comes where he has to move on, um, then, I, then I'm sure he will. And just to share a little uh, uh, insight on that, um, early on in my time covering UNO for the World Herald, you know, Trev and I are just walking around campus and he's showing me all of these upgrades that they've made. And some of them are big, some of them are small, uh, but he felt they all mattered. And uh, there was a moment where we were st standing over Coniglia Field, which is the former football field at UNO. Um, and it's now, you know, a soccer pitch. And they have a, you know, uh, state-of-the-art surface that they play on and they've transformed you know what was a division two football field into you know a division one uh soccer stadium now and uh you know he looked over the top of it and i could tell that it emotionally was getting to him when he was discussing the decision about football um you know at this point trev and i uh you know have worked together for a few months not you know five years or so uh that we would you know talk regularly while i was on the uno beat uh, but I could tell even then, you know, not knowing me as well as what he would, that, you know, that he felt comfortable enough telling me how bad he felt about what happened to football. 
but he still, you know, was 100% that, that that decision, you know, needed to be made going forward. And I think he will handle things in Nebraska the same way. It will always be what is in the best interest of that Nebraska sport and the athletic department at Nebraska as, as a whole. And there's a part of him, you know, too, because you know, wasn't dealing with the budget that Nebraska is that he always had to take into consideration. How does this, you know, affect everything going forward, whether it's making a move coaching wise or whatever, you know, he was never going to let go of a coach to where they were going to be paying, you know, massive buyouts that you would know because that just wasn't fiscally responsible. And uh, even though the you know numbers are way different in, at Nebraska than they are in Omaha, um, I think that he'll still handle it the same way because at the core, that's who Trev is. He's a responsible guy and uh, he will have the best interest in Nebraska athletics, you know, first and foremost, all the way, uh, you know, along the line going forward, I'm sure. Well, you've been following Nebraska football a lot longer than I have. But I think that the one thing that keeps coming up that Nebraska fans that watch the hire may not know Trev Alberts as well as you do. I don't think very many people know Trev Alberts a lot better than you do, at least on a personal level. They should know that Trev Alberts cares. And I think you talked about that when you talk about him looking over Coniglia. I feel like Trev Alberts would have a similar emotional response looking over Memorial Stadium, even if he had nothing to do with the upgrades just because of how much heart he put into the football program when he was a player and what that program means to him now that he's overseeing it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, like I said, Trev never said much publicly about Nebraska football, but you could tell still just by the few things that he did say how much he still cared and how, you know, near and dear it was to his heart. Um, uh, Trev came from Iowa, so did I. And Nebraska was a place that, you know, transformed probably both of us. And because of that, that's, you know, there's that place in Lincoln is always going to have a, you know, a tie to them. Um, Trev, you know, would have been successful, I believe, no matter where he went, both as a football player and, you know, as a person, I think Nebraska and, you know, being under coach Osborne at the time, you know, kind of molded him into to who he is. And uh, um, I think that uh, one of the things about Trev that he, he's always, you know, alluded to was, you know, coach Osborne talking to him a year ago. And I think he even said this in his introductory uh, press conference was coach Osborne telling him a long time ago about, you know, having a life of service, you know, doing well for others and things like that. And I think Trev will see himself as, you know, this isn't my athletic department. It's Nebraska's. I just need to be a good steward uh, for the program, uh, the athletic program as a whole I'm talking about. And I think that he will be committed to to being that. And, uh, you know, that goes next level when you actually really care about it. It's not just, this is going to be more than just a job for Trev. And and I 100% believe that he doesn't leave, you know, UNO if it's not the Nebraska situation. He wasn't looking to jump to another, you know, athletic department. He, he was interested in Nebraska because it was Nebraska and because he cares. I, I think the things that, that people need to be aware of, 
um, and the biggest takeaways uh, about Trev, especially with his time as an athletic administrator, because that's really what we're talking about. You know, as much as his playing days were great and we're all going to remember Trev as a football legend in Nebraska and rightfully so. Um, and, uh, you know, as we talked about, his broadcasting career is always going to be there. Um, but I don't think that's what's going to, you know, eventually define him as a person. Um, I think that, you know, the, the real context of it is, is what has he done as an athletic administrator and how does that translate into what's going to happen at Nebraska. And uh, I think if you can cut through the emotions of the early moves with wrestling and football and realize what was the interest and what was the goal in mind, you can see that that was the right move for the University of Nebraska at Omaha. Like I said, I don't know that UNO has an athletic department if it doesn't try to go to Division One at some point. And UNO at the time decided to stick around and play with the schools in Missouri at Division Two instead of like looking forward and thinking of, of bigger things. Like um, they made up for that in a hurry by making that decision, but there were costs. And uh, I think that, you know, there, there's something to be said about, you know, the bravery and, and to be, you know, Trev's taken a lot of bullets over those decisions and those decisions weren't his alone. He just had to be the face of it, but, but he took it. And the thing about Trev is too, that not only does he really care about it, he's still the same competitive guy that he was on the football field. He wants to win in absolutely everything. And, and on top of that, uh, you know, he, he's willing to, to take the hard stuff, you know, at face value, he'll take the bullet for the program if he needs to. Um, and, and the other thing too, I think that, that needs to be said is he's incredibly patient. It would have been very easy for anyone that had to be a part of those decisions and, uh, you know, made the calls that UNO did with football and, and wrestling to just get upset and say, listen, this is why we had to do it and, and get upset about the situation. And, and Trev just was patient and, and he saw the, the end vision all along and he wrote it out and took the hits with it, knowing that it was going to be in a better place. And, uh, I remember saying to him and he didn't really comment. He just kind of like, you know, half smiled when I said it. Um, but it, it came when the soccer team uh, made uh, the NCAA tournament and the men's basketball team almost did right away. Once they became division one eligible, um, I said, you know, I go, when this starts happening regularly, I go, no one's going to remember how hard those decisions were for you because they're going to be like, yeah, Trev did the right thing at getting to those place. And if anything uh, about uh, Trev going to Nebraska makes me sad for UNO is that he isn't going to get that day in Omaha where everybody universally accepts the fact that this was absolutely the right thing for UNO. I would have loved for him to still be there when, you know, UNO was playing Duke or North Carolina you know, in the NCAA tournament or when, you know, UNO um, made it uh, into the later part of a weekend of a baseball regional, because I think those things can happen, you know, uh, here in the future. I mean, there was a moment like here not so long ago where UNO led uh, UCLA, who was the number one seed in the baseball tournament in a regional in Los Angeles in the middle of a game. And you're like, wow, this is really happening. Now they lost that game and, and ended up subsequently going 0-2 in the regional. But that was the foundation that that, that, that has happened under Trev. And uh, there's a part of me that always say that, like, Trev deserved the payoff uh, for taking the hits for those things. And, uh, you know, I don't know that he'll be in Omaha when he, when he gets it. Obviously, uh, he'll still be around because he'll be in Nebraska. But uh, I think those days are coming. And I think that, you know, the, the takeaway from all of this is that Nebraska athletics is in good hands. And if anything, you can look at what uh, the transformation of UNO um, has done to kind of set Trev's legacy as an administrator up. Well, Tony Boone, it's time to watch Trev Alberts create his legacy at the University of Nebraska, oversee the football program and all of the athletic programs that he's grown to be so passionate about. 
Thanks again for spending the time with me here on this edition of Unlimited Sports Daily, helping all of us get to know the new hire of athletic director just that much better. Yeah, thanks, Peyton. And uh, as I said, I think Nebraska Athletics is in good hands. And, you know, Trev's a straight shooter. He's been an honest guy all the way along. And I think Nebraska will like the hands that it's in just because, uh, you know, you always kind of know where you're at with Trev. And uh, he will have the best interests of the Huskers at heart with every decision they make. That was Tony Boone. Thank you so much for spending your time today with me, Peyton Thomas, at Unlimited Sports Daily. And I sincerely hope to talk to you again soon.